Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping you live and share your faith in the everyday places of life. I'm Andrew Stroud, and today we're going to continue a conversation we started last week on going deeper in your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Now, we don't have Lakeith with us today, but I am joined by my co-host, Abigail Wilson. So, Abby, how are you doing? Doing good. That's right, friends. Um, you should not call your fiancé a ball and chain. Keith is, you know, he passed away <laughs> last week. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. He, he, has, oh, um, he man. has work today, so <laughs> we miss him. Um, but, you know, just words to the wise. Uh, yeah, I had a good Memorial Day. Um, we act, our weekend, I should say, we um, got to celebrate uh, some friends of ours' uh, baptism, um, two uh, little friends of my kids, uh, got baptized this weekend, so that was super fun. We love a good baptism, so yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Outstanding. Yeah, it was really fun. Well, Abby, you know, and those who are following us on Instagram know that here in Southern California, we actually took uh, a group of our church family up to Sequoia National Park, and so. I spent uh, this Memorial Day weekend camping, which was an amazing experience. I had not been to Sequoia before, um, and we got the whole range of, of weather change. We started out <laughs> beautiful sunny day in the high 60s, and then day two, we got a thunderstorm with hail, oh, man. and day three, we got snow. Oh my goodness, so, while camping? It's not good. <laughs> While camping. and But you know, it was actually beautiful, um, San Diego. <laughs> not that I'm complaining, but San Diego is pretty static when it comes to weather. It's it's oh, basically yeah. sunshine too much or sun. clouds. Yeah, or, or clouds without rain, but definitely never snow. So, True. you know, for one day yeah. uh, in a beautiful location, it was actually pretty nice. So oh, man. we... Uh, we enjoyed it, but I'm I'm not complaining to be back in San Diego. It's yeah. it's nice this week. Well, I mean, camping in the snow is not for the faint of heart. I mean, I have very low camping standards anyway, or should I say high? I don't know. Either way, I don't do it. That's the bottom line. So good for you. Yeah, yeah. My wife Cindy is the same way, and. <laughs> You know, when we came home with our stories, it just confirmed every bias that she had. Yeah. Anti-camping bias I that she had. Her. So. That's why God made mattresses. That's what I say. So. <laughs> it does say something about the time that we live in that it's fun to go out and sleep in the wilderness oh, uh, in a tent. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, so true. But it's but it's true, and we had a great time. So. Well, hey, before we dive into today's show, a number of people have asked us how they can best support the podcast, and there's three simple ways. The first is to make sure you're subscribed. We're on all the major platforms, so find us on iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify and hit that subscribe button. The second thing you can do is to to rate and review this show on iTunes. So don't feel like you have to rate and review the show on every platform. If you can do it on iTunes, it'll be a big help because over half of all podcasts are downloaded from the iTunes platform, and uh, leaving us a five-star rating and a short review really helps new people find the show. The third thing that you can do is to share this podcast with your friends. If you've been listening and it's been encouraging you in your faith, then sharing is caring, and just passing it on word of mouth is is really the best way to help us grow. So 
um, feel free to do that as well. And speaking of reviews on iTunes, Abigail, I know a few of our listeners left reviews this past week, and you're going to share one of those. They did. You guys, we love it. Thank you so much, those of you that um, went ahead and went the extra mile and actually wrote us a review. And quite a few of you just gave us those five stars, which you know, I also love those. So either way, we are super pumped. But we also really like just your feedback. So I'm going to read a real-life review that we got this past week. Um, It's from JCC, and it says, "Uh, This podcast is real life on what it means to live for Jesus and his kingdom outside the church pews. Two exclamation marks. I appreciate the breadth of perspective and practical insights that are provided while still maintaining focus on bringing the church into the harvest. Great review, and I love the double exclamation marks. It just adds a little extra. So thank you. Thank you so much. And if you haven't yet reviewed us, you can do that this next week, and maybe we'll share it on the podcast next week. So thanks. Yeah, we we would love to read a new review every week <laughs> yeah. um, on the podcast, so definitely take the time to do that. And JCC, I am giving you a virtual fist bump uh, across <laughs> the airwaves. Thanks for leaving that review. Well, last week, Abigail, we talked about how you can deepen your prayer life, and I think we both agreed that that was a huge topic to try to cover in one episode, but we did our best. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we're going to discuss how you can go deeper in the Word of God, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today because going deeper in God's Word has been a huge factor in my own growth and in my faith, Mm -hmm. and I love to help people grow in this area. So let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. And we did maybe bite off a little more than we could chew with the prayer topic. So I think we've learned our lesson. This week, we're really just going to focus on your own personal relationship with God's Word. We know that there are a bunch of great topics on the Word of God, and we will hopefully get into some of those in later podcast sessions. But um, we just kind of want to maybe narrow our focus a little bit. So we're going to just focus on that personal relationship with the Word of God and how we can grow that. So let's start at the beginning. Why is the Word of God so important for us? Yeah, I, I think we go all the way back to the book of Genesis in the beginning. And what we see in Genesis chapter 1 is our first glimpse into who God is, what his nature is, how he operates. And we find a God who speaks. And when he speaks, creation responds and life happens. So it's it's so subtle, perhaps, that it's easy for us to overlook and not notice. But the number one attribute that we see about God from the very beginning is that he is a God who speaks. And his, his voice, his words have life-giving power. And this is still true of, of God today. So God is a God who speaks, and we as part of his creation are designed to respond to God, that by nature um, we're supposed to be responding to the voice of God. And the result is that life happens. So that's what you see in Genesis chapter 1. And then the Bible just continues with this with this model all throughout scriptures, God is speaking and intervening in the affairs of, of mankind, of humanity. God is not this distant figure who, once he 
creates the world and the universe, the cosmos, brushes his hands and then walks away to let it run on its own, which, you know, some people, that's their view of God. It's not the God that you see in the Bible. You see a God who is very much paying attention to what's happening on the earth and even in the lives of individuals. And that's, I think, a beautiful picture. And and God actually speaks into history. He speaks into the lives of individuals. And he continues to do that throughout Scripture. But the way he does that, in Genesis 1, we see God speaking directly and and things begin to happen. As the Bible unfolds, you begin to see that God speaks more and more through spokesmen or spokespeople, prophets, especially in the Old Testament. So Moses is perhaps the the central prophetic figure in the Old Testament. And when God calls Moses to be a prophet, he describes his job at, like this in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 31. He tells Moses, but as for you, stand here by me, and I will speak to you all the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which you shall teach them, that they may observe them in the land which I am giving them to possess. And so you've got these these three these three groups. You've got God, you've got Moses, and then you've got the people of Israel that, that Moses had brought out of Egypt. And God tells Moses, as for you, Moses, I want you to stand here by me. I want you to stand right next to me because I'm going to speak to you the commandments, the words. You're going to turn around and pass those on to the rest of the people. And so God is still speaking as you move through the Bible, but he's doing it in a very specific way. He's speaking to individuals, prophets, and then those prophets are passing on the word of God to their generation. But some of those prophets also put the the word of God that they had received in writing, and those became the books of the Old Testament. Now, interestingly, some of the prophets did not do that. So two of the major prophetic figures of the Old Testament are Elijah and Elisha. And yet, if you look at your Bible, you're not going to find a a book of Elijah or a book of Elisha, which simply means that they did not they did not record the message that God had given them in writing. Whereas whereas other prophets did. Paul picks up on this in the New Testament and in the book of Romans, chapter 15, Paul says that whatever was written in previous times was written for our instruction, for our sake that through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And so, uh, Abby, I know we're covering a lot of ground here, but uh, I hope I hope it helps people connect the fact that God is always speaking, but God does not speak. God rarely speaks to us in an audible voice, in a direct way. The way God has always chosen to speak is through representatives, through prophets, And some of those prophets wrote down their messages, which became our Bible. And the ultimate prophet, the ultimate representative of God, was his son Jesus. So God sends his son Jesus down to earth. And part of the mission of Jesus is to manifest God, is to reveal God to us and and to mankind. 
and his life and teachings are recorded by the apostles. So you kind of got this same dynamic. Does it, do you see what I'm saying? So yeah, in, in the Old Testament, <laughs> the same dynamic that you had between God and the prophets, which resulted in the Old Testament, is the same dynamic we see with Jesus and the apostles, mm. which resulted in the New Testament, which is what we call the Bible. Yeah, that's a cool pattern. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it, what I want people to see is that the reason why we call the Bible the Word of God is because that's what it is. It's God's message that has come to us through the prophets, through Jesus, through the apostles, and we have access to the Word of God today when we open these these books that we now have, the Bible. But the source of these books is the Word of God itself. So I know we covered a lot of ground there, but I think it's foundational to understand why is the Word of God important to us well, it's because God speaks yeah. and we're designed to listen and we're going to find his voice in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope that that really um, is clarifying for people listening. Um, if they've ever sort of wondered what all of these books combined, like, you know, why haphazardly some of, I mean, they can be very, very different in nature. Um, and so I think you really clarified kind of what they all have in common and um, another way that I even more like simplified is just the Old Testament is pointing forward to Jesus. And then we have the, um, the Gospels, which are all about Jesus. And then we have the letters and the epistles, and they are all pointing back to Jesus. So everything is all about God's word, who is Jesus. So... Yeah, exactly. That's why Jesus is described as the cornerstone, that he's he's the building that everything else is based off of. So you've got the Old Testament uh, that's lined up to, to Jesus, and you've got the New Testament that's lined up to Jesus. And I, I love how you said that the Gospels are really the life and te- teachings of Jesus uh, front and center as, as recounted by his apostles. Yeah. So um, maybe to tie this all together, we've given hopefully a good clarifying, you know, look at why the Word of God is important um, for us in general, um, and hopefully will help you as you dig into it. Um, I also kind of want to tie this to you personally. Um, All of us as believers should be spending time in the Word of God Because as we see within the Word of God, it kind of does three important things. And we can see this throughout the Bible, it doing these three things. One, it is to remind us of what God has said and what his purposes are and what his kingdom is all about. Um, I was just thinking about, um, I didn't look this up, Andrew, but you'll probably know. So whenever they are, yeah. Here we go. So where is, um, whenever they're kind of rebuilding the temple and the wall and they find the, um, the old scrolls and they bring them out and they start reading them and they're all just like super shook because they realize that they have not been <laughs> obeying the law. So where's that? Right. Well, I know, I know it was during the reign of King Josiah, so yeah. it's towards the end of both uh, Second Kings and Chronicles. Yeah, so I just finished Second Chronicles, so that's <laughs> probably why. So there you go. But but, but you're like, right. It's 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 kind of hilarious because they're they're cleaning up the temple. Yeah, and 
they find this this book and I just picture it being like covered in covered in dust. They they pick it up, they blow it off, they begin to read and they're like, "Oh wow." Yeah. God actually has a lot to say to us and we weren't even aware of it yeah. because we lost we lost this book. Yeah. So let's not do that, <laughs> friends. Let's dust <laughs> off the cover of our Bible. Uh, so I really do believe that that is one of the important things that God wants for us for spending time in his word. As he wants to remind us of things that he's already taught us. Um, if you've already hmm. spent time in the Word, or maybe you've been under teaching of someone, there's just no way, um, at least I think so, hmm. my brain is not the smartest, but I think that for most of us, there's no way for us to constantly have all the things that we've learned in our mind at all times. And when we spend time in the Word every day, um, it really can help to remind us of things that we've hopefully already learned. And then it can also instruct to the future. We can be constantly learning. Um, it is alive and living, the word is. And I mean, I am amazed at how many times I can read through the word and yet new passages just hit me like I've never read them before. Does this happen to you too, Andrew? Like I will read something and be like, I swear I've never read that before. That is brand new information. <laughs> so Right. Um, I agree. I think, and sometimes it's a deeper understanding of a truth that maybe we we've already known, but there's a whole nother level to it that that maybe didn't hit us before. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the final thing for me that is so important about us having that personal time in the Word is that if we are spending time in the Word of God, then it helps to confirm the truth for us. Um, if you are in church and you are having a biblical teaching, hopefully, in your life, um, you are also responsible for making sure that that is biblical teaching. And the way to do that is to spend time in the Word ourselves, to be in the Bible. So the Word of God is to be used to confirm the truth. Um, in the New Testament, there's a passage about the Bereans, and it says that they were honorable because every day they went back and they checked um, the scriptures to make sure that what Paul was saying to them aligned with scripture. And so they get their their names in the Bible, and we call them out now because they did that. Um, and so we want to do that as well. We don't want to just take um, what other people are telling us at, that they say is coming from the Word of God and just take it as faith, for face value that it's the truth. We are all responsible to have that connection and that relationship with the Word of God. So it's one of the really key and instrumental things, especially today where we have um, such access uh, to the Word of God. Hmm. We should be taking advantage of that. Well, we knew this was going to be a huge topic, so I'm not going to rabbit trail down this too far, <laughs> Abigail. Okay. But uh, there, there's an ancient word, the word cannon. When we hear that word, we think of some sort of artillery piece that, that fires cannonballs or, or shells. But in, in the Greek, it actually meant a, a measuring rod. And so it was the, it was the rule of measurement that, that is the canon. And that's the way that the early believers described the scriptures, the Old and New Testaments, is that these were the canon of scripture. And it had a twofold meaning. It, it was, these are the books that measure up. These, these are the books that are, are coming from God himself. They're not just the wisdom of, the wisdom of men, but they're the voice of God. They measure up. 
Then it also meant that these are the books that measure truth. So as we're wrestling with our daily lives and decisions and values, we've got this amazing gift from God that, that serves as a measuring tool to help us discern what truth is and how we should live. And so you're right. Why would we, why would we base that off of even other people who are wise when we've got access to the perfect measuring tool, which is the Bible itself. Um, and I, I think something else that you said that struck a thought in me was, you know, we may not even understand you and I came to a point in our lives where we realized that, Hey, God wants to speak to us. And that, Mm -hmm. that was a new thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if you believe in God, oftentimes we don't really understand that God is speaking and wants to speak to us individually. Um, but sometimes we want God to speak some sort of new truth. And I think of it almost like your email box where maybe God has sent you a hundred messages that are unopened. And when you realize that God wants to speak to you, you want God to send you a, a whole new email. When in reality, what we need to do is go back and start opening those old emails, which is what the Bible is. These are, there's so many truths there's so many messages that god wants us to know we don't even have to get a new email from god we just need to go back and start reading the ones that he's already sent so yeah that's a good picture. maybe another way ouch <laughs> <laughs> well i know like i said there was a time in my life where it dawned on me that hey god is still speaking and i can take advantage of that and i'm guessing that it was true for you too so Take us back. What got you into a daily practice of drawing near to God yeah. by reading the scriptures? Um, I can definitely thank my parents for that uh, practice in my own life. Um, for one thing, I saw them reading their Bibles, but um, they didn't really talk about it much. It was just definitely by observation Um, And they did it mostly before we were even awake. So I honestly didn't see a ton of it, but it was kind of like the little bits and pieces you could put together when you're watching your parents. So I'm so grateful for their example in my life. But when I was in high school, they gave me a little book that was – it was all scripture. So there was no like added – devotional or anything along those lines added to it. It was all scripture, but someone had divided the scripture up into little chunks, um, morning and evening, and um, it was called Daily Light, and it literally would have the date at the top of the page. And so for the little type A-minded Abigail, who was, you know, 17 (laughs) or 18, it really helped me to see like, oh, he, you know, I can read the Bible literally on May 26th and May 27th and May 28th. And, um, and then hmm. there was something for me there every day. And it kind of, um, helped add that element for like a young mind of if I skipped a day, then I would miss what happened on May 26th. You know, like it added by hmm. adding those dates, it kind of helped me see the need for it every day. Does that make sense? It was sort of subconscious, yeah, it but it was it was very helpful um, to start adding that in as sort of a, um, a, a habit, I guess is the best way to put it. And in doing yeah. so, um, it was so just mind-blowing for my little mind that whatever I was going through, um, it was just seemed almost like a 
an actual miracle that I, you know, if I was stressed about something, I would, you know, open the word and it would be like, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication. And I was like, whoa, wow. Like, how did it know that that's what I needed to hear? And it really felt (laughs) living in a lie for me at that time. And I started to want um, and just really crave that time in the word. And so it was so helpful and adding that element of every day and, you know, it was pretty small portions and uh, it didn't take long for me to just move on to the to the full Bible because I wanted to read more. But it was very helpful hmm. in those early years of development. I think that's, that's really amazing. You know, your parents' example – and that just reminds me as, as a parent that, you know, our kids, and I think others too, that they're picking up what we're doing just as much as what we're saying or what we talk oh, about. Totally. And so, you know, it's a, it's a great uh, picture of good parenting, I think, when it comes to trying to pass on yeah. this, this practice or this, this value of reading the scriptures. And um, hopefully my parents, uh, hopefully my, my kids will pick up on that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they have. As well. Well, for me, I think um, what helped me get started, like I said, I I can't remember a time when I did not believe in God. And so it just made sense to me that there's a creation that I'm walking around and observing and that I'm part of every day. And there must be a creator. And the Bible also, I, I viewed that with uh, a high respect. Um, I... I did know that it was a special book, but uh, again, I didn't necessarily understand that the, that it was relevant to my life as a um, as a young adult. And it really wasn't until someone invited me to start reading the Bible. Um, someone someone challenged me to actually take the time to begin reading and seeing what does the Bible have to say. And it wasn't just it wasn't just someone that I heard on a YouTube video or on the radio, it was, it was a coworker who began to invite me to read the Bible. And I think that that really helped because, you know, he was reading the Bible and I really admired his life. And so, um, I began to read the Bible and I was reading in the gospels. That's, that's where I started. And Jesus was, was so much more vibrant than, than I imagined he would be that I was really captivated by that. And I really wanted to see, well, what else is in this book that I haven't really explored? And a few years later, another friend challenged me to begin intentionally setting aside time to spend with God. And I think this, this really helped me, Abigail, is um, this friend actually gave me a small little booklet called Seven Minutes with God. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. So it's a great resource. I'm sure people can find it online. I don't know if it's still in print, hmm. but it was just a simple little one-page trifold that encouraged you to set aside seven minutes with God. You know, do you have that much time <laughs> to listen to God <laughs> by opening the Bible? So help. it was it was kind of like, maybe it was a little bit like your, the daily light that got you started. Right. It was just a very simple, like, come on, you've got seven minutes no one is that busy, <laughs> you know, so, uh, and I definitely was not that busy as a uh, 21 year old, a young adult. So, um, that really motivated me to, to attach time to the Bible that that's really what I'm exchanging here. I'm setting aside time 
but it's it's so worth it because I'm actually getting access to the Word of God, what it is that He wants me to know. And so I think in the same way what you described, that began to help me build a routine or a habit of setting aside that time every day to spend with God. And of course, it's changed and and it looks different today than it did then, but that really is what what yeah. got me started. Well, you know what? I um, thanks to the internet, I just learned that you can buy twenty five pack of those pamphlets for twelve twenty on Amazon. Look so, at you multitasking. Um, yeah, that's right. That's, Recording podcasts, I mean, doing Google searches. I mean, just, <laughs> I'm just a woman. That's all there is to. <laughs> This is true. See, it didn't even cross my mind to try to look it up. <laughs> well, you were talking. I mean, I don't know if I could have done it talking. But yeah, that's really cool. Um, I had never even heard of it before. So we may have to add this resource to just those maybe it's just starting out um, that it's a good uh, feasible short-term goal for them is just seven minutes. So. I'll try to I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes, put a link. Although obviously it's very easy to find. That's Abigail right. just did it. You can it. just type it you in. You know what? I'm not going to put it in the show <laughs> notes, don't people. Even do it. You need to put in a Google search. <laughs> if you really <laughs> want the hard it super work. bad, then you can find it. Okay, so Andrew, um, <laughs> that was then. Uh, you spent seven minutes with God. I feel like you probably spend more time with him now. So can you kind of maybe lay out for everyone what your current daily practice looks like? I, I bet that would be really helpful. Yeah, it's definitely changed over the years, and I think it needs to change. I think sometimes if you if you just have a tried and true method, that that can the the routine can serve you, but it can become rote. And once it becomes rote, then you really you're maybe you're going through the motions, but you're not really getting the value. You find your your mind drifting. You're not paying attention to what you're reading, and so I've definitely uh, changed things up over the years. Um, Presently, what I'm doing, which has been working really well for me, is uh, I read in the morning, and I do that for a few reasons. One, by nature, I do tend to be more of a morning person. That's when my mind is most alert. And I want to, when my mind is most alert, is when I want to be paying attention to the most important voice that I'm going to hear that day, which for me is God Himself. So I I want to bring myself to God when I'm most ready to hear what he has to say. And for me, that's the morning. But um, I do start off, I just, I actually just started this today, so I don't know if I can, but hey, it's my (laughs) daily practice today. Sure, fresh and new, right off the presses. Let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah, um, but it was just a a minor tweak. So today I actually got up and I ran a mile because that really gets your, your blood flowing and I think it helps you be that much more awake. Okay. And then I uh, I did a one-mile prayer walk. And then I came back and I, I uh, took a shower. And then I did my reading. And uh, I really like that. I think I'm going to stick with that because by the time I sat down to read, you know, my body was awake because of the run. My spirit was awake because of the prayer walk. And um, I really enjoyed reading. And then today I finished the book of Colossians. I typically read two or three chapters a day. And we'll talk about this more here in a little bit. But I've been using a reading plan from an app called Read Scripture. 
And so I'll have some more to say about that when we get to the end of the show and we talk about tips for our listeners. But that reading plan has me in Colossians. And so I, uh, I finished reading the book of Colossians today. And I mark in my Bible when I read. And so after I read those two chapters, I'll go back and I'll spend extra time reflecting on what stood out to me, what I marked. And I'll try to incorporate that into my life and pray over that and think about, is there someone I should share this with? You know, sometimes God gives us a message and it's for someone else. He wants us to be that go between. And so, Mm. so that's, uh, that's what I did today. But how, how about you, Abigail? What, what does your daily practice look like? Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that you would say that you do your quiet time in the morning because you're, you know, at your sharpest. Um, because, I also do mine in the morning, but I am not at my sharpest. So I guess it's just what the Lord does in us. But um, (laughs) I am uh, not a morning person. But um, so I will say to those listening that when I first started having, um, you know, a consistent time in the Word each day, you know, high school, college years, I definitely had those times in the Word and in prayer in the evening. And, you know, that was that fit really well into my schedule at that time. But as I've gotten older, um, I just started to see more and more the benefit of starting the day in the Word. And I think for me, it's not because I'm at my sharpest because, ooh, I'm not. Like, I really need that coffee hmm. element. Like, it really has to be there. It's crutch. Um, <laughs> clutch? Not crutch. Anyway. Um, maybe how, both. Maybe, maybe both. both. <laughs> no, True. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, I do think, however, that it's so important for me to set aside the first of my day uh, to just kind of get my mind and my heart in the right place so that then what flows forth, hopefully for the rest of the day, comes from that time. So just by getting my mind hopefully in line with the Lord and his heart um, and what he has for my day is just so, so hmm. important for me, uh, especially as a mom. I mean, I just hate to think of what my children would be dealing with if they had me without the word and prayer before I get to them because uh, whew, I'm not that great. So um, <laughs> I really have just come to rely on that time just to get my head straight, if anything. So um, I have a chair that is literally called mama's chair because I sit in it every morning (laughs) to do um, my time in the word and it's situated in a certain place in my house where I can see my kids so I know they won't die but I am also um, away from them so I can't hear them very well it's their time to have screen time Hmm. and that's really the only time of day they get it and so they are super good because they do not want it taken away. So yeah, that smart. helps um, for that element for my current season of life. Um, and I do a lot of journaling and writing out scripture because it helps kind of solidify it in my mind. That's just what helps for me. And um, I have changed it up a lot over the years. I read, um, I try to read through the whole Bible and then change up what version I'm reading. So that way hmm. it just can be really fresh. I grew up in a church that just used New American Standard, and that was the standard. I mean, that was the Word of God. And I, by having that in my life, just subconsciously, 
from a young age, um, I got to where if I was reading along, like I could almost start quoting what was coming. And I started to notice that I sort of skim read because I was like, oh yeah, I've read this passage before and I didn't get anything out of it. So Mm -hmm. let me just skip on to the good parts. So by changing up the the version, it really all became fresh. And I started to not skip over passages and get something out of maybe a portion that I had not ever seen something in before. So um, I've been doing that for about five versions of the Bible now. (laughs) So yeah, that's um, great. And I kind of read through the Bible differently each time I do it. So right now I'm doing a method of I pick a book in the Old Testament and a book in the New Testament. I read it fully. I cross it off in the front of the Bible so that I know I've finished it. And then I kind of pray over what book I should read next. And so uh, I got to be honest with you. I thought it was a cool method and it has been really (laughs) neat because the Lord has really, you know, put different books on the Bible and then they've ended up really speaking to my current season. Um, But now I'm down to like Leviticus so in numbers, <laughs> so it's, it's a little rough, but I'm going to get through it. I finished Song of Solomon last week. I put that one off too. Um, but I got something really cool out of Leviticus today. You can look at it on our Insta ah, story. Nice. So, you know, everything speaks. So, yeah. Yeah, I really, I agree with that. And I I think one of the coolest thoughts that I got out of the scriptures came from First Chronicles chapter 5. And if you're familiar with the scriptures uh, for our listeners, or if they just want to go back and check it out, the first 10 to 11 chapters of Chronicles, there's there's a lot of lists and names. <laughs> yeah. And so I maybe do I kind of knew that. <laughs> I kind of knew that going in. and But I just prayed, Lord, I'm going to be fully engaged. I, I know that this is, you know, all scripture is inspired by God, all scripture is profitable. So I'm going to read this and I'm going to keep my mind alert. And, and the Lord actually taught me something pretty cool. It doesn't always happen, but I do think sometimes we can fall into that habit of, oh, I've read this before. There's there's nothing in here that I need to pay too close attention to. Yeah. And um, it's there for a reason. So by faith, we, we stick with it. Abby, I wanted to ask you, because I think this might be interesting to our listeners, about how about how long do you spend in your your daily devotion, your daily reading? Um, It varies uh, from day to day. But I would say right now um, it is 30 to 45 minutes. So it's not super long, Um, at least Mm -hmm. in my mind. (laughs) It's not super long. It may be long to you, and that's okay. Um, There were times when I had newborn babies that I spent 10 minutes in the Word, Maybe even seven. Who's to right. say? Um, so there have been times when it's been a lot less. And then there were times in my life before kids. Oh, bless those times. And I hear that they might come to me again. And from the sound of your quiet time, they may be in my future, um, that they're much longer. And that was pretty awesome. And if you have time on your hands, please use it. I mean, I'm not jealous of you by any means, friends that are listening, but just I hate to see you waste it because it's so cool to be able to spend time in the word and be like having a really awesome time in the word and then get to keep going because you can um, I feel like now yeah. I really do have to you know stop which is unfortunate but right but I but I love 
even you describing with the kids, you've, you've obviously put some thought into how to make it work, even as a mom who has kids who, who are awake, you've given thought to <laughs> how can I set this up so that I, my, my conditions for success are optimized. Right. And um, I actually think that's really cool. And I hope that our listeners, one of the things they get is that we're not going to give you the best way to do it. But there are some ways that, that we've been trying to figure out that work for us. And hopefully you can take the ideas that, that you know will cross over into your life. But then also take the time and the initiative to figure out how can you make this work. There's actually always time. And this is another good reason to do it in the morning. You just have to dig further into your sleep schedule. So you just have to get up a little <laughs> bit earlier. Ouch. But it's true, friends. <laughs> it's true. Everyone has, everyone has time. Yeah. You know, as far as the reading portion, uh, just to share how much time I spend, I, I think in terms of reading, it's probably 15 minutes, maybe 20. So, you know, you can read two or three chapters of the Bible and you can read them thoughtfully in that amount of time. It, it isn't something that takes a whole lot of time if you're not distracted, if you're organized yeah. and it becomes part of your daily and, daily you routine, know, you read so. through the Bible in a year, right, Andrew? I think, I don't know if you mentioned that. That is always my goal. Okay. I'm actually a, a year and a half into this last reading, okay. and I still have a little ways to go. Okay. I I just, um, I think it's important there, too. I, I used to try to do that, and now um, I'm on like a two and a half year schedule. I, I shouldn't really check. Um, I will check and see when I started this current Bible. I mean, I still have, I would say, a few more months just can, can you know, in the same if I continue at the same rate. And I think that's also just important to throw out there. I probably spend about 10 minutes reading and I read um, probably like half a chapter, you know, in the Old Testament and half in the New. I kind of read until I sort of hit a place where I've gotten something good. Um, so it definitely varies by day. I'm a lot more free-flowing, it sounds like. But um, yeah. but either way, it's I yeah, I I don't think it's always about quantity. I just I just think to start with your quality, see how that works out for right. you. Um and I will also say I tried to do um quiet times before my kids woke up and then I just they started waking up earlier. It's like they sensed it. So um, <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> it might work for you. Well, I, I think this is a good segue to what are some obstacles that that you've had to overcome, that we've had to overcome, because, you know, friends, there definitely will be obstacles. This mm. rarely will there be the day where you can just casually sit down and open your Bible and uh, leisurely read through it. So, Abby, for you, what are some obstacles that, that you've had to overcome to continue with this? this daily practice. Oh yeah. Well, kids are definitely my biggest obstacle in my current season of life. Um, uh, Instagram is definitely another, like I hate to admit it to you, but it's the truth. I mean, I think our smartphones can really be a hazard to quality time in the word because it's taking up like time throughout our days of possible like us being productive human beings and so I think if we start to notice that trend um, we do kind of have to take 
<laughs> take stock in that for sure. So I think those are my current um, biggest obstacles, and I'm sure that you listening can probably think of your own. Um, but I think there really is something to making this a habit and something that is daily. And I think we see in scriptures that God clearly wanted a daily relationship with his people, even if you look as far back as as the children of Israel, when God was really starting to make a defined people and how he was going to interact with his people, even with the fact that he gave them manna every day. And they had to go out and gather it every day. It wasn't something that they gathered up and then saved. I think that's a great picture of how we should consider our time in the Word as well. Like, we need that daily manna. We need that daily bread. You've probably heard that phrase even. Um, And I think that's really great. And then even now, like, hey, here's something I got from Leviticus. Um, God set up those um, those early patterns in their life of daily sacrifice. They had to make sacrifices every single day, multiple times a day. And so I think that that was a really great way that he was training his people to have a relationship with him that was not just periodic or every Sunday type deal. So I think for me, um, maybe one of our biggest obstacles starting out, so if you haven't really started having this daily time in the Word, is making it daily and really looking at your own life and seeing where can you fit that in that it really will start becoming a habit that if you're not doing it you know for me if if I'm not doing it at 7 a.m. I'm like what what am I even doing (laughs) so um, (laughs) I think that's probably it's it's hard it's hard to make a habit and so if you're in that stage just know absolutely that is an obstacle to overcome but you absolutely can so yeah, I think that's probably the biggest for me. Yeah, it's it's it you know ha- habit forming is actually an important skill to learn in life and you know they've done research that if you do the same action 21 consecutive days it actually begins to form a habit. So for those who may feel like they just couldn't do this or maybe they've tried and they didn't stick with it, you know Maybe get that seven minutes with God and for the next 21 days, for three weeks, try every day to set aside seven minutes with God. And at that point, it's kind of like riding a bike. You're, you're up, you're moving, you've got uh, some momentum and you can stick with it. For for me, I think the, the biggest obstacle that came to mind was distractions. And so it's one of the reasons why I, I like to read in the morning. Usually I'm up before anyone else in the house and so that's helpful, but you're right. I think in the age of smartphones, one of the biggest distractions can be our phones. And so uh, a pro tip, something I've been doing is I put my phone in airplane mode. <laughs> I actually do this at night before I go to bed. I, pu- I pu- put it in airplane mode and there's there's actually some good research on health benefits of doing that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so I won't go in too, too deep into that. <laughs> you but can Google it. It's just a... it's a good thing to do. Put it in airplane mode. And then I don't take my phone out of airplane mode until I've finished my morning routine, which includes my, my time of prayer and uh, my time in the scriptures. And so that's been a big help in just avoiding those distractions. Because if you wake up and there, your phone is blinking and you've got, Hmm. you know, 10, 15 notifications, even if you don't take the time to look at them, mentally your mind is distracted and you're trying to read and you're trying to focus. So yeah, my phone does point. not blink 
nothing, nothing. I know it's there, but because it's not blinking, my mind somehow doesn't doesn't stress about it. It's not distracted by it. Yeah. So I, mean, I think that's the biggest obstacle. Yeah. Mind games are good. We should use them on ourselves for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think so. All right, Andrew. So let's get into a few tips that we can give to our listeners of things that they can use, maybe resources or tools uh, to help them in this time in the word. Well, we'll move through this uh, quickly because... I don't want us to go too long on our podcast today, but I would say uh, a tip that I would recommend is to set a long-term goal and then match that with a short-term goal. And you can do this from the very beginning. And so if you're at square one and you've never read the Bible, then I would encourage you to set a long-term goal of reading the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. It's the life of Jesus. And like we talked about earlier, he is the, the central figure and focus of the Bible. So you're going to be reading the heart of Scripture, the Gospel of Mark, the life of Jesus. And that's a 16-chapter book. So if you match that with short-term goals of reading one chapter a day, then in a little over two weeks, you will have read your first book of the Bible. And that sense of accomplishment should build some momentum. Plus, you'll be 16 days into your your 21 days of habit development. So... Uh, But just in general, you can do this on a larger scale. You can say, I've never read through the Bible. I want to read through it. And then you can, that can be your long-term goal. And then you can match it with a short-term goal. Well, I need to read about three and a half chapters a day. And so if you read three chapters one day, four chapters, as long as you're in that area and you do it every day, you'll read through the Bible in a year. So that's a, a tip that I would offer our listeners is get very practical with your Bible reading, just like you would with other areas of life, you set some long-term goals and then break those down into shorter-term goals so that you can begin moving forward. And the second thing I would say is to mark in your Bible as you're reading. So, you know, reading the Bible is different from is different than listening to God. And we actually want to learn how to listen to God as we read the Bible. And one of the most helpful things that I found is to underline or to highlight or to circle things that stand out to me as I'm reading. And because I have the Spirit of God living in me, those are the the key phrases, words, thoughts that I believe he's wanting me to pay a special attention to. And like you, Abigail, I each year when I read the Bible or each time that I read the Bible, I get a fresh Bible It's got no markings in it. And that way, when I'm reading, I'm not distracted by what stood out to me last time I read this book. Um, Mm, I'm looking at a fresh white page, and I want to hear what does God have to say to me today. And so those are uh, a few tips that I would offer. But what about you? What are are some things that you think would be helpful? Um, I think for sure, and I've already said this, so I'll just, you know, throw it out there again. I really do benefit from... Um, writing out verses that stick out to me or writing out a prayer to the Lord. Um, it just helps solidify it in my mind because I'm kind of a tactile learner. Uh, so that's just something I've learned about myself. Um, however, I also am a verbal communicator. So for me, also sharing hmm. um, what I've gotten from my quiet time throughout the day, 
uh, with a friend. Um, I actually have been doing my um, Abigail's QT, hashtag Abigail's QT, on our Insta stories for a little while now. Yeah. And that's, um, I mean, I I hope that it benefits those reading my, some of my takeaways through my quiet time um, or just kind of inspires you to do your own quiet time if you haven't. Um, But honestly, it's really beneficial to me in a lot of ways too because I'm having to form a full like thought that somebody else could maybe understand about what I've learned. And so that kind of gives me more process time. And so I, I find that sharing what we get from our quiet time can really have multiple, you know, good qualities to it. So um, for me, sharing what I've gotten is, is really, really helpful and then taking a lot of notes. Um, but I think that that kind of takes me into maybe we'll just go on into our resources uh, because sure. one resource that can be helpful on that front is the U version of the Bible, that app. Um, I know you have another app that you use, um, but this one also has a – Um, sort of reading plans that you can go through. But um, at the beginning of this year, I started to get like all of these notifications from friends who were like inviting me to join their reading plan. And the cool thing about YouVersion is that you can see um, what your friends have, if they've read that day or not. So there's a strong accountability aspect to it. So if you have a buddy and you both are kind of struggling to spend time in the word, that's a really great way to easily kind of spur each other on. And you can even send each other messages um, through the app to kind of say what you've gotten from it. So it's just a really cool way to sort of do it in a communal fashion. So uh, the U version of version of the Bible is, and also has like a million <laughs> different versions of the Bible right. all in one app. So uh, and a lot of different reading plans as well. And then I also really like the Blue Letter Bible um, because it allows me to kind of see easily like respected commentaries and see like the root meaning of the Latin word, which the nerd in me really finds helpful and useful. Um, (laughs) I find that if I'm reading and I don't understand something or I have a question about the history behind it, this happened to me just a few weeks ago. I was in, I believe I was in second Chronicles and the passage just, was almost word for word similar to a passage in Kings about David and except that from that point on it was totally different and I was like wait is this about the same time frame like I don't know and so I was able to quickly look that up and be like okay yes this was about the same time frame it's just that Chronicles and and Kings have different things that they're teaching and so I, I got a lot out of that but that way my my mind was instructed and I was able to move on um, and answer that question for myself. So the blue letter Bible is a really great resource as well. So what about you, Andrew? And that well, blue letter Bible, that's an online resource, right? Um, it's yes, a, it's but on the web? there's also an app. So I think everybody has oh, really? an app now. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Very Apps cool. Galore. Well, I'm, that is what I'm taking away from this podcast is today in Colossians, it's a pretty well-known verse. It's let the word of Christ dwell within you richly. I want to look up the word you there because I've always just taken that to be a, a singular you. So you, Abigail, you let the word of God dwell within you richly. But I have a suspicion reading it today that it's plural. 
that Paul was telling the Colossians, you as a family of faith, make sure that you're letting the Word of God dwell within you richly. And it had to do with something you shared earlier, which is sharing the Word of God with each other, passing on the things that God is teaching you. So I'm definitely going to check out Blue Letter Bible. Yeah. Um, well, our third app to recommend <laughs> under resources <laughs> I know, <guys>. is, uh, <laughs> it's called Read Scripture. So it's very simple, Read Scripture, and it's put out by the Bible Project. Some of you may be familiar with them. They make some really helpful videos, short videos that, that do everything from explain uh, introductions to books of the Bible to basic themes of the Bible. But the app Read Scripture is put out by Bible Project and Francis Chan, if I'm right, on that. And uh, I think it's a great resource. Again, that's the reading plan that I'm actually using this year. So hopefully uh, sharing on this motivates you guys to develop this practice of listening to the voice of God. And these are just some tips and resources that we wanted to share with you that have oh, been helpful. I thought of another one, Andrew. I forgot. Do it. Okay, Put it out sorry. there. Um, if you are somebody who doesn't want to lug a big Bible around um, and you also kind of want to have sort of a little extra teaching on something, um, the she reads truth, he reads truth, kids read truth, but you can look it up doing she reads truth because that's how they started. But you can go to their website and in their store, they actually sell books of the Bible and they're all like well-designed, of course, because that's the day we live in. But um, they actually sell, like, books of the Bible in, like, a small form. So it's just the book of, you know, Chronicles or whatever. And it's hmm. kind of a cool way if you are sort of wanting to make sure you're reading through the whole Bible, but maybe you're reading at work or on the go um, and you don't want to lug your big Bible around. It's kind of a cool way to read through a book of the Bible and not be distracted by anything else um, and kind of have a small in-your-hand version. And they also do really good online support as well. So they um, they read through books of the Bible as a community. So they're, you can go back and get other books, but like I think right now they're doing Revelations, so you can join their community. Everyone's reading through Revelations together, um, so you can kind of have that aspect if you're alone somewhere and you want that support. Um, it's just kind of a cool um, way of doing it, so I wanted to throw that out there too. Yeah. Yeah, lots of great resources out there. Well, friends, God is speaking today, and he wants us to make time to listen so we can learn, so we can live for him so we can share him with others. And that's really at the heart of why we should want to go deeper in the word. So hopefully today's podcast has been an encouragement to you and uh, this will be part of your daily life as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we absolutely want to hear from you. So um, maybe, you know, you have been listening and you're like, oh, well, I have an even better tip. We want to hear it. So we want to hear your <laughs> we tips. Do. Yeah, for serious. It was, we're always learning and we know there's continually new seasons that we're entering. So let's share with one another um, and share with us. You can do that on our Facebook page. You can just go to this week's podcast episode and click on it and comment. We would love to hear what you have to say and it makes our day. Yeah, and I would especially be excited if someone says they're going to try the 21-day the uh, habit forming of trying to read seven minutes a day. That would be really cool, but definitely connect with, with us. Yeah, we'll have to give that some thought. We'll give it some thought, <laughs> yeah, and we'll maybe we'll know. put it 
we'll put it in that particular post for this week's podcast episode on our Facebook page. Well, next week, Abigail, we've got a great show. I'm going to be interviewing Todd Bolsinger. He's the author of the book, Canoeing the Mountains, Christian Leadership in Uncharted Territory. And uh, listeners, you won't want to miss this. I read this book earlier this year, and it's one of the best books I've read probably in the last five years. I'm I'm really excited about my conversation with him and really excited that we get to bring it to you guys over the podcast. So definitely stay tuned. Well, Abby, today was great and we'll do it again in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening to the show. One of the best ways you can partner with us to grow our community is to share this podcast with your friends. Whether it's word of mouth or sharing our content on social media, we need your help to spread the message. Thanks for being part of our family. Together, we're bringing discipleship into the digital age.